Hey, Malachi here, pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministries, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that what you hear will encourage, enlighten, and enrich your life. You know, it's our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change, to draw you closer to our Heavenly Father, as well as strengthen your walk with Christ, using the Word of God as our foundation. I can't thank you enough for listening and sharing our podcast with others. And now, here's today's message. Welcome to Life's Word Podcast. I'm Pastor Malachi, your host. Thank you for joining us today. You know, before we get started on our podcast, let's go before God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you at this hour giving you thanks for your grace and mercy that you show to us. I pray that you bless and encourage those that are listening to our podcast today. God, As we submerge ourselves into your word, give to us what it is that we need to learn and grow from through this lesson. We thank you for this time right now that we have to share together. Bless those that will listen at a later time. I pray for every family that is represented here, near and far. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you're ready for today's podcast, today's lesson. We're going to be talking about just hard-headed. Isn't that an interesting lesson title? Just hard-headed. How many of you here listening to me now know someone that is hard-headed? Now, I know many of you that have children, you probably raised your hand immediately because I know as a parent, our children have and can be very hard-headed at times. Now, how about the adults that you know? Are any of them hard-headed? Here you go with those hands again. Okay, let me make this very personal and use my God-given discernment here. Since many of you have not included yourself in this Q&A, it's a fact that each of us has been hard-headed a time or two or three or four in our lives. Would you not agree? So let me ask you this. Since we're just having a simple conversation among friends right now, Do you know what it means to be hard-headed? I'm sure that you have many definitions on what the word hard-headed really means. Well, those of you that might not know, let me explain. To be considered hard-headed, A person is viewed as unreasonably rigid regarding a particular subject matter. Now, this can be any person who, once their mind is made up, cannot be easily persuaded with a good argument. Now, you might be thinking to yourself right now, but Pastor M, I know people that are just argumentative. They just like to argue. 
Well, there's another term for those types of people, and we'll address them in a different lesson at another day. But today we want to talk about hard-headed. Now, being called hard-headed does not come with a favorable connotation. But still, in all, it is this characteristic and somewhat compliment that God gives the person in our lesson today. God orders this person to leave and go speak to the house of Israel because God aims for them to turn from their evil ways simply because they were hard-headed and haven't been listening to him. And you know the history of Israel, so this is not surprising. They have a long history of being hard-headed and disobedient. So who is this person in our lesson today? Well, it's the prophet Ezekiel. Now, here's the twist in our lesson today. Watch this. For Ezekiel's mission, it's not enough that Israel was labeled hard-headed. But God declares he's going to make him hard-headed as well. And what do you think will happen when a set of hard-headed people meet? Let's find out. Our lesson opens in Ezekiel 3, 1 through 11. Now, with every call, there's a responsibility. And here in Ezekiel 3, 1 through 11, we find out what the prophet's responsibility is. Let's read that. I'm going to be reading from the NLT. Ezekiel 3, 1 through 11. It reads, he said to me, son of man, eat what I'm giving you. Eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said, son of man, go to the people of Israel and give them my messages. I'm not sending you to a foreign people whose language you cannot understand. No, I'm not sending you to people with strange and difficult speech. If I did, they would listen. But the people of Israel won't listen to you any more than they'll listen to me. For the whole lot of them are hard-headed and stubborn. But look, I have made you as obstinate and hard-headed as they are. I have made your forehead as hard as the hardest rock. So don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks, even though they are rebels. Then he added, son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Then go to your people in exile and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Do this whether they listen to you or not. May God bless all that hear his word. You know, in our lesson text, you have to ask yourself, did Ezekiel literally eat the scroll? Well, in a visionary experience, he did. By eating the scroll, he consumed the unwelcome message of judgment he was to proclaim to those in captivity and in Jerusalem. Now, what I find very interesting is that John in Revelation 10, 8 through 11, 
was given a similar command. He says in the eighth verse, then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, go take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, take and eat it and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Now, with that being said, let me give you our three key points in our lesson today. Write this down, if you will. Number one, consumed. And that's Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3. Number two is commissioned. And that's verses 4 through 9. And number three is committed. Verses 10 and 11. Point number one, consumed. Now, in our lesson today, God told Ezekiel to eat the scroll. He was challenging Ezekiel to the familiar adage of you are what you eat. How many times have you heard that? You know, you're, you are what you eat, right? People say that a lot when they see them eating junk food and not eating healthy. So they say, well, you know, you are what you eat. And up to this point. The Lord commanded Ezekiel to eat a scroll four times through chapter 2, verse 8, and chapter 3, verse 3. So up through those particular verses, God had told Ezekiel, or he commanded him, to eat the scroll. It is said that some rabbinic interpretations view this as a visionary experience or an allegory while others take it as a literal but symbolic act. But whatever the case, the lesson is the same. The prophet was to consume the message. He was to digest the message. And then he was to proclaim the contents of the message. Somebody asked, well, what's an allegory? That's a good question. And this is something that I learned in college. An allegory is the representation of abstract ideas or principles by characters, figures, or events in narrative, dramatic, or pictorial form. That's what an allegory is. Ezekiel had to be and live the message. Because if he did so properly, he would be able to make an impact on the people of Israel. Now, what's surprising is Ezekiel said the word was as sweet as honey. Let me give you some revelational truth here. God's word is sweet when it is obeyed. Did you catch that? When you obey God's word, it's going to be sweet to your soul and sweet to your spirit. But if you're disobedient, it's going to be bitter to you because 
it's a judgment to you. It's now correcting you. And to be corrected, many of us really don't like being corrected. So it's bitter. Ezekiel, he wasn't salivating over the doom of the message he had to proclaim from the word. He was, in fact, honored to know the word personally and have the privilege of declaring it on God's behalf. Question time. Do you read your Bible? If not, how are you feeding your faith? How are you feeding your spirit, man? It's kind of shameful that many of God's people have become so very complacent in their walk by taking God's word for granted. We all have been given an opportunity during this time of quote unquote stay at home mandate because of this coronavirus to get closer to God more than ever before. We now have a chance to read our word and pray more, spend some quality time with God. It seems that reading the word and reading the Bible is no longer a part of how we learn to live our lives. It's all about social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. This is what's taking up most of our time now. There are those that regard the word of God's message as just inspirational stories, history, or a collection of fables. And I say to this, it's time to sit at the table and eat God's word. We must feast regularly on God's word, ingest it whole and not bite here and there where it only tastes good. We have to consume the whole thing. God's eaten word provides us not only with hope, but it provides us with life. Living abundantly requires not only knowing God's word, but abiding by it as well. And as we go through life, different things can and will consume us. We allow problems, people and pressures to evade our space. So why not consider being consumed with God's word instead? Do you not know that when you have feasted on the word of God, you cannot help but to be stuffed? Let's move on to point number two, commissioned. You know, before Jesus left his disciples, he left them with a command and a great commission in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It reads, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That was the disciples' commission. Ezekiel being patted in the word was something not for his personal benefit. God commissioned him 
just like the disciples, to go speak to the house of Israel. And God was very adamant when he admitted they wouldn't listen to him. They were just hard-headed and had stubborn hearts. Now, to combat this, God decided to make Ezekiel hard-headed too, but in a good way. Now, that's, that's something to say, to be hard-headed in a good way. God endowed him with a hard head, a stalwart demeanor to prepare him for their aloofness. But would this work? He was unsure. Still, God commissioned Ezekiel to do it anyway. God is going to commission you to do certain things anyway. You're not sure if it's going to work. You're not sure if people are going to receive you. But because of the commission that God has given you, you need to do it anyway. When things seem mountainlessly difficult, we must have the mind and attitude of Christ to do it anyway. Sure, some will think, what's the use? Why should I? In Ezekiel's case, it would be easy to give up. They didn't listen to God. Why would they listen to Ezekiel? Still, God personally called and equipped Ezekiel for the mission. What an honor. Even though the people had turned their back on God, he did not turn his back on them. That's just like God, isn't it? Not to act like man. Did you catch that? God does not act like man. Man won't forgive you. Man will always continue to remind you of your mistakes. Man will always throw in your face the things you've done wrong. And when man says, I forgive you, they'll always remind you later. Oh, I forgave you, but I'm not going to forget it. Well, nobody's asking you to forget it. Just forgive. If God has given you a purpose, and I know he's given you a purpose, he will strengthen you for the purpose, regardless of what others think. He has commissioned you for a special assignment. You have to prepare yourself for that assignment. Are you reading his word? Are you praying? Are you fasting? These are prerequisites of being ready for the assignment that God has placed in your life. Point number three, committed. We know that God directed Ezekiel to deliver messages of judgment, even though the people would be unresponsive. God's answer to the rebellious, obstinate, hard-headed, stubborn attitude of the Judeans was to set the face of the prophet like a diamond. Remember what he said in verse 9? I have made your forehead as hard as the hardest rock. Well, that's a diamond. His assignment was to present the message and leave the result to God, even if that meant certain judgment because of their un responsiveness. Watch this. When God tells you to do something, do it and leave the results to him. The outcome will be so much better when you allow God to be God. Our problem is we want to help God in solving our problem. No, leave it with him and allow him to do what he does best. Leave the results to God. God personally says to Ezekiel in verse 9, Fear them not, 
neither be dismayed at their looks. He says, you have my word inside of you. Use it. God will rescue you from your fears with his word. The next thing that God does is request Ezekiel to go and tell the exiles, thus says the Lord God, whether they listen or not. He wanted Ezekiel to be fully committed to the task. Obstacles are inevitable in our lives, including hard-headed people. Now, if you are in leadership of any capacity, you're going to have your fair share of hard-headed people to contend with. It comes with a position, just like Ezekiel. They will seek to intimidate you with their attitudes and looks. You know those looks you get when you're up speaking and people are not feeling you? Or you're saying something that goes against what they believe? Those looks, if possible, would cut you in two or worse, kill you. But God says to ignore them. He has personally equipped you. You can go into your situation with God confidence. Stay committed to your God purpose, whether people listen to you or not. It's not a matter of whether they listen to you. It's a matter of you delivering what God told you to deliver to them. Whether people follow you or not, it doesn't matter if they follow you. Whether people like you or not. Now, does that really matter? I know we want a lot of likes on social media. We post something and we want to see how many likes. Doesn't matter if they like you or not. It's about our obedience to God and our commitment to his promise for our lives. Our commitment to God's plan could change someone's life. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about the commitment you've made to God and how that can ultimately change someone else's Life. So you see, it's not about you. It's not about us. It's about someone else. In closing, think for a moment. Have you ever known someone whose life was changed by the scriptures? Well, Montel Jordan, the man behind the song, This Is How We Do It. Many of you that know his music or know him you ever wonder what happened to him i met him one day in los angeles at the famous fox hill mall tall handsome brother but he just like disappeared many of you know that song many of you don't people say well he was a one-hit wonder this is how we do it well that was his song well he has that testimony that Scripture has changed his life. And he's not the only one. After living it up in the music scene with a string of hits and loads of money, in 2010, his career stalled. God then orchestrated Jordan's new availability to spend time with him and for him to reconnect with his wife and his children. They began attending church in Atlanta, as a family where God's word began to truly minister to him. He says in his testimony, the Lord spoke to me and said, you have to retire. You have to lay that life down. Although a life of fame and fortune was alluring, he chose not to be hard headed and left secular music behind. 
However, it is very important for you to know that God never closes one door without opening another door. Now, he made a conscious decision. And once he made the decision, consequently, he was asked to become the worship minister at his church. Jordan's conscious decision to hear and heed resulted in a new altering blessing. He was able to still work in his passion by switching partners. Let me set the record straight here. Just because you give your heart to the Lord does not mean you have to give up your passion. If it's music, now that you've switched partners from secular to, say, Christian or gospel, which I consider it all gospel because it's sharing the word of God through music. You know, the distinction between Christian music, you hear about white people singing, gospel, you hear about black people singing. You know what? It's all giving praise to God. It's all his music. You don't have to give up your passion because you are now following the Lord. Give that gift back to him. There are others God is calling out. Some are heeding and others are still dragging their feet. God gave Jordan a new take on when you surrender to him and surrender to his will with God. This is how we do it. So he's singing a new tune now. And I know that many people that are in the music industry, they have a, all of a sudden epiphany in life. And now you see them on the circuit of doing things for God. Well, give them a chance. You'll see in the long run whether they are truly serious for the Lord or not. Kanye West is one. It took me a little while to really get behind him. But here's the thing. If God has called someone, we can't say how God should use them and who God should use. God used a donkey to talk in the Old Testament, did he not? Well, if God wants to speak through certain people to deliver their word to the masses, well, he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. We're in no position to say who can be used by God, especially if we're not doing ourselves. If we're not ministering, if we're not witnessing, if we're not sharing the word of God, we're complacent in our walk. We're complacent in our faith. We're complacent in our commission. God's going to use someone else. Don't be surprised when someone you would not expect to stand up and say, I'm a child of God now. And you see them out there working feverishly for the Lord. I say, applaud them. Get behind them. Pray for them. Support them how you can. God uses whoever he wants to use. There will be occasions in life when you must stand your ground. Never surrender to compromise, cowardice, or complication. Be obstinate, unmovable, bullish, adamant, or even pig-headed. Become hard-headed. Now, this is in a positive way, not in a negative way. You want to please God, not man. Like Ezekiel, it's this demeanor that you must use to please God. 
It's not an effort to prove how brass one can be. This would be a dual act of love and fidelity to God. And it should be our desire to want others to experience it as well. Today, we need more people, including preachers, who are willing to stand on the word, regardless of how it may be received. It might mean being a little, yes, you guessed it, hard-headed. So be consumed with the word of God. And as God commissions you to his assignment, be committed to what he's placed in your hands to do. Father in heaven, we thank you for our lesson for today. Bless those that have heard the word. Bless others that are hearing the word at a later time. God, we thank you for this hour of healing. God, continue to heal those that are sick in their body. Bless those that are near and far. We thank you for allowing us to enter into the homes and cars to share your word. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to take a little time to thank those of you that partner with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. We are a listener-supported podcast, and your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. Now, if you're not a partner and you would like to sow into this ministry, you certainly can by going to paypal.me forward slash life's word ministry. And if you would like to receive a copy of my new book, Pathway to Christ, you can go to amazon.com and find it there. Or if you would like a personally autographed copy, you can go to paypal.me forward slash Malachi 660 forward slash 20. And be sure to put your mailing address as well. And we'll put your name on a list for me to autograph your book and then we'll mail it out to you. We'll even pay the shipping for you. And be sure to subscribe and follow us right here on Life's Word Podcast. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. I trust you were blessed and enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to tune in again right here on Life's Word Podcast.